When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken. We are back again with another episode of Amazing Business Radio, and we have in the house today a repeat offender. She's back. Donna Cutting, and she is the author of a brand new book, Employees First, Inspire, Engage, and Focus on the Heart of Your Organization. It is available now, and it is available everywhere, especially (laughs) Amazon.com. So let me give you a quick few announcements before we jump into this. Uh, We, as you know, uh, have a presence on virtually every social media platform. And if you've got a question that you'd like to ask, use the hashtag AskShep and ask your question there. If you've got a great story you want to share, we'll share it. And I'll either respond right there in the social media channel. I might do something on my newsletter. I could do something on my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home the title of one of my books by coincidence. And you can catch episodes on uh, uh, Amazon Prime, Roku, Apple TV, and BeAmazing.tv. That's BeAmazing.tv. All right, let's jump into this amazing interview. Let's not waste any more time. Donna has been here before. She has a company called uh, Red Carpet Learning, and she talks about rolling that red carpet out for customers. But this time, we're flipping it, and we're going to be looking at employees and rolling the red carpet out to them. Welcome show to the show, Donna. I'm getting excited <laughs> just thinking about it. I'm <laughs> looking you, I'm looking at your image on my video screen because we do these, we record these in video, even though we just use the audio. And I'm looking at you. I'm reading about the book. I'm excited about you being back. I love your work. You know that I've been a fan of yours for years and I'm really excited. Uh, you should know that in the 1980s, I was asked, why am I different than any other customer service speaker, you know, trainer? And I said, because we not only focus on customers, we actually focus on internal service. We focus on employees. Mm -hmm. And here you are devoting an entire book to the employee experience. So congratulations on that. And, And again, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's so good to be back. And I think I told you last time that I'll be back. Yes. Uh, (laughs) That's a great title of a book. uh, Right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's so great to be here. And I, I love what you said, because as you know, it all works together. You know, this, it seems like a little flip uh, where we're talking about employees instead of customers, but really, the employee experience works hand in hand with the customer experience. Are you familiar with Herb Kelleher's conundrum, the question? Uh, oh, I probably, I yeah. certainly know who Herb is, but Herb Kelleher, the uh, first Southwest Airlines CEO passed right. away a few years ago. Uh, he was asked the question, what's more important uh, the stakeholders, the shareholders, the people that invest the money 
uh, the passengers who are the customers or the employees. And he thought about it and he said, mm, the employees. And he called it a conundrum because he wasn't sure if he was right at the time, but he just said it off the top of his head with the uh, explanation that if we take care of the employees, they'll engage better with the passengers who will become happy and want to fly in the airline again, and that will make the shareholders happy. So start with employees. Yeah, I mean, that's and that's the old customer service profit chain, right? Remember um, that it is. It's like you you start with the experience you create for your employees, and that includes supporting them in a way that uh, with uh, with skill, you know, skills and knowledge and agency and all of that so that they can take better care of your customers. And then when they do that, then you you get revenue and growth and, you know, all of that. I love that you call it the customer service profit chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I don't think that's my term. I think that's an old term, but that's exactly that's exactly what it is. And the first link in that chain is the employee experience. So I often say, uh, you know, I think the title was a collaboration between me, me and my um, at career press, the publisher. So employees first, I think really came from when I pitched them, I was saying, this is probably the book I should have written first, right? We should have probably focused on the employees first um, because that's the foundation. Their experience is the foundation of what's going to happen for your your traditional customers. Mm -hmm. So which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Which comes right. first, the employee or the customer? Good question yeah. there. And you know, I have to wonder, when somebody first decided, you know what? Let's do something really good for the customer. We'll call it customer service. Mm -hmm. I don't think they were thinking about employees when they came up with that idea. Mm -hmm. uh, but then they probably quickly realized, as I think many companies have recognized, the importance of creating the experience internally that is really um, a direct reflection of what you want your customers to experience. As a matter of fact, um, here's a great question that you've sent in our, your talking points. Uh, you're talking about internal customers. That's what we're talking about here. What kind of experience must you create for them in order for them to create a red carpet experience for your traditional customers? In other words, how should we treat the people? Tell us, oh, great wise one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, all of the uh, the service behaviors maybe that you've perhaps or hopefully defined for your employees and the way they treat their customers Ding, ding, ding. Those also apply to your internal Hello. customers. <laughs> right? And so, uh, so start there. Start with exactly what you're telling your people to do, to do or hoping that they will do and really start saying, hey, do we do we do this when we walk down the hall or, um, you know, assuming you're not a remote company at this point, but when, when we walk down the hall, are we looking people in the eyes? Are we smiling? Are we being responsive? Are we listening um you'll you'll read that a lot in the book i'm really big on on uh the listening to your people in a way that you never have before especially now um but then also create so you're modeling what excellent customer service is mm -hmm. and then giving them confidence by creating uh, opportunities for them to increase their skills giving them agency so that they're empowered to help the customer and also creating a culture where they feel safe uh, to speak up 
um, safe from things like bullying and, and harassment um, and and an inclusive customer where their voice, uh, inclusive culture where their voice is heard. So I obviously I could go on and on and on about this, but the bottom line is think about how you want them to treat your customers and flip it and yep. say, are we treating our people that way? I have my employee golden rule, as I call it, which is, uh, and you know, the, the golden rule, there's several versions. It's, but you know, it's not the one he who has the gold makes the rules. That's, that's a, that's a golden rule, but not the one we're talking about or she who has the gold. But uh, you know, everybody remembers when we're growing up, do unto others as you want done unto yourself. And I flipped it around a little bit and I said, do unto your employees as you want done unto the customer. Exactly. And, uh, oh, that's so good. Well, thank you. That's and exactly then um, <laughs> Stephen Covey came along and added, no, I mean, he didn't add something to what I said. He came up with a version of this that basically is, you know, treat your your employees like you want the customers treated. But he added, he added two words or three words, maybe even better. Mm, yeah. yes. Isn't that powerful? Yes. Yeah. Because when you think about it, especially you look at like so many people who, who work for an hourly wage, they've, so my whole thing is about rolling out the red carpet, right? They've in many cases have never received that level of red carpet service. So how do you teach someone who's never experienced that um, to give it? And it starts with giving it to them, like let them know what it feels like to be treated like like a star, like yeah. royalty yeah. to that. And, and you, you talk about doing this from day one, uh, which has to do with your onboarding techniques mm -hmm. and how you bring somebody in, roll out the red carpet starting on, I think at the chapter is called roll out the red carpet on day one. <laughs> so let's chat yeah. about that for a few minutes. Yeah, so, so important. and even especially now. So we're, you know, as we're recording this, uh, we're still going through what's been coined the great resignation. And there are, um, there are much, uh, so many staffing shortages, and there are so many different reasons for that. And so one of the things that I'm seeing is this tendency to, uh, we've got to hire them fast and get them on the floor as quick as possible. And I understand uh, the need for that. Right. But at the same time, you don't want to shortchange that initial experience. Um, the, the talk about customer service, like the power of first impressions. So what kind of first impressions are you making on your employees? And so that chapter is really all about, um, you know, what what could your onboarding experience look like? And that includes an orientation that includes their first day on the job that includes how are you pairing them up with uh with a, a very well prepared person like a mentor yeah a mentor but you know not just a mentoring program in name but like an actual uh really well thought out and maintained mentorship program all of that and making sure that you're immersing them in your culture, you're connecting them to uh, coworkers, people they're going to be working with. Um, you are communicating and clarifying all the things that they want to know. And then also in many cases, there are some compliance things, right? So especially in the healthcare industry, um, you know, they have insurance, all the financial services, there's right, exactly a bunch of little of boxes to tick off. 
Yeah, and what happens a lot of times if, if an organization is not really committing to that red carpet onboarding experience, they're just focused on compliance and get them on the floor as quickly as possible. But one of the things I'm seeing with my customers anyway is that that just results in a revolving door within sometimes the first three days, never mind the first 30 days. So, right. oh, that's and how frustrating is that to go through the time? Right. to hire somebody, you know, the, the multiple interviews, the testing. So there's expense of time and money laid out for these types of assessments. Then you hire somebody and you realize we're not getting them on board. They're frustrated already. You know, when we come back, we're going to take a break. I want to talk a little bit more about this great resignation, because what we're trying to do, I think in your eyes, is if we treat the employees the right way, they're not going to want to resign. We're going to make them like loyal customers, customers that say, I'll be back, (laughs) but they'll be back tomorrow, the next day, the next, next month. And in the perfect world that you'll create a destination employment opportunity, meaning they get there and they never want to leave. And that's not easy to do, but you have the answers for that and more. So we're going to take a short break and come back. We're talking with Donna Cutting, who is the author of the newly released book, Employees First. Inspire, engage, and focus on the heart of your organization. That is your employees. Don't go away. We're coming right back. Hi, Shep Hyken, your customer service and experience expert. And I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. Now, this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now, both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll Be Back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.I'llBeBackBook.com. Again, that's www.I'llBeBackBook.com. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, and we are talking to my friend, Donna Cutting. She is the, uh, I guess, the owner, the chair, the person in charge of Red Carpet Learning Worldwide and the author of Employees First. So I want to talk about the great resignation. You mentioned that right before the break. And this is where people seem to be just leaving and leaving. But I read an interesting stat. I tried to track it down. I couldn't find it. That 80% of these people leaving are leaving to get a better job that they already have when they give notice. It's not like they're just leaving for better better life. And I wondered if you knew about that, if you have any insight on that. No, I'm going to look that up. But I think, you know, here's what I think, though. When when this all, when that conversation or that term was first coined, um, you know, a, a lot of, and I'm still hearing some of the leadership teams and my customers saying uh, they pinned it on, you know, the government giving people money to stay at home, right? And what I think has actually happened is that we're going through, uh, or many of us are going through a collective values readjustment, that that's what the pandemic brought to us. And Mm -hmm. so that's why you're seeing so many, I mean, Shep, I can't tell you how many, like it's maybe 10 times the number of customers 
uh, relationships that I have where people are emailing me and saying, oh, by the way, I just retired, you know, I'll be leaving. And so I'm seeing a lot of people where normally that was like once a year, right? So I'm seeing a lot of people retiring early. Um, you're seeing, uh, you know, young a younger generation that was already entrepreneurial, like more entrepreneurial to be with, with side hustles, Uber it, drivers, exactly, whatever, little part time gigs, like that kind of thing. Um, so many women leaving the workplace, although I did read recently an article saying that, you know, most of us women are planning on coming back to the workplace. But so there's so many different factors. Um, there may be people who figured out that, hey, you know, I, we can do this on one income and I'd rather stay home with the kids. You know, there's a, a numerous things going on here. But the thing is that um, the thing is, whether people come back in droves at some point or not, the what you said earlier about um, creating like destin becoming a destination employer, right? I I just love that term because there are so many factors that people don't have control over. But the one thing that you do have control over as leaders in your organization is the culture that you create. Yep. The way people so that means the way people are treated in their day to day interactions, but then also listening to some of the things that your employees are saying about more um flexibility you know what you know uh more uh whether they want to work in the office outside remotely or some sort of hybrid um you know all kinds of issues related to women in the workplace like um child care you know and, and i think it's women and men all, women and men exactly right. so like not just maternity leave for women but paternity leave the whole like all of it and so I think there's there are the little things like the little things that actually make people feel valued that that's really going to be important to pay attention to. But there's also going to be a great restructuring of the workplace and the organizations that are going to come out on top are the ones who are in front of that now who are who are open to making those changes. You know, I'm really fascinated. Um, I read. Every day I read articles and I read this one particular um, group of articles. There's three a day that come out it's by Retail Wire. Are you familiar with Retail Wire? I am, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think retailwire.com and anybody can subscribe. I, I make it a point to try and comment on at least one, if not two or three of the articles, just to keep my head always in the game. And one of the things they've been talking about is how like Target has, and here's companies like Target and Walmart, they're just getting creamed in the press by these bad working conditions. Yet Walmart, I'm sorry, not Walmart, Target's turnover in employees is lower than it's been in years. And, and so I, I was very frustrated because I'm wondering who's right, who's wrong. I'm in an Uber recently, and the guy works for Amazon. And this is just a little side gig that he has to make a little bit extra money. And I said, so how do you like working at Amazon? He says, I love it. They pay me really well, especially in the evenings and weekends. They pay me really well. And I go, explain. And they pay them a premium for working those, you know, off peak hours. And uh, I said, so what about all this press that I read about how difficult it is? The, the conditions are bad at Amazon, et cetera, et cetera. He goes, you know what? There's people that just don't want to work. 
That's what he told me. He says, and those people are going to complain. And I guess, you know, and my comment was, well, I guess the squeaky wheel gets the oil. But I, I get it. If even Disney, that's known for stellar service to their guests, also known for a pretty good. I mean, I know people that love Disney, that have careers at Disney, just love. And then you read the dark side of Disney. There right. is a dark side to my life, your life, and maybe not your yes. life, but yeah. everybody's life, everybody's business. That's a dark side. Well, and we both know the me. I mean, you know, not the media. I'm grateful for much of, of the media, but I also know that they are looking for the dark side. You know, they're it makes it more interesting. That, you know, and that's why more I, interesting. That's why you and I may never get to be nearly as excited as some of these controversial people that are willing to make so many people angry. We're just too nice. <laughs> We're the customer service people, right? That's right. That's we want right. harmony and peace with everybody. I tell my guests, even when I have somebody that's somewhat controversial, I assure them I am not going to say anything or ask you a question that is going to make you feel uncomfortable. My goal is to extract information that the audience will enjoy and learn from, and we can learn from everybody. Uh, I just recently, I don't know if you know, I have a TV show. Well, I mentioned it at the top of the show. It's yeah. amazing to go home. And I've now had, you know, two guys that have been in prison uh, on the show. And I'm going to have a third one. I have this, this guy in my target. I'd like him to come into the show. But this last guy, I put him on the show and I got uh, somebody emailed me a nasty, nasty note that that man, you know, his family took all this money, blah, 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 from all these poor people. And I said, you're right. He did. And I, if you read his story, you'll understand that he admits his guilt because he was brought into this at a time where it was already too late and he could have said no, but he didn't. Okay. But I told this guy, he's done his time. He served his prison sentence and maybe restitution works. You know, maybe, you know, that type of, of, you know, thing will work for him and give him, give him the benefit of the doubt till he does it again. You know, I love that, Shep, and and you're really getting to the heart of what you and I talk about um, because, you know, people will say to me, you're so passionate about customer service. And honestly, I, I would sit there and I think about that. I'm like, I'm not sure I'm that passionate about customer service. What I'm passionate about is the way we treat each other yeah, and yeah. the way we show up with empathy and compassion. And, and then that manifests in the service that we deliver or the employee experience that we create. And, you know, what you just said, and I get into this quite a bit, especially in um, the chapter about making everyone feel welcome is that, mm -hmm. You know, we, I, I really think just as a, as a country, as a world, uh, now we're getting really. I know, <laughs> we're, getting, really we're getting a little off topic here, but that's all right. I think, but no, it's this, I think it that. is. Yeah, yeah, like as a country, as a world, and I'll bring it back to leadership. Like we have to show up with more empathy and understanding that, you know, the story that we're telling ourselves about this one particular person, your guest, for instance, is may not necessarily be the whole story. And I think so bringing that back to the workplace, you know, that's the deep work. That's the deep work is really, um, you know, empowering leaders and and uh, helping them to first, like, really do some self-reflection and 
um, getting more in touch with their empathetic side is the number one skill uh, that they're saying for leadership right now. Is empathy. Their empathetic side. Yep. Yeah, empathy. And and what does it really look like to respect your employees? And so and so that's the deep work. There, that's right. not a band aid, you know. And just so everyone knows, empathy is not like a touchy feely lovey word. It's true. Uh, it's accurate. It's a it's a concrete word. And a thought that says, I understand who you are. If you want your people, and back to the great resignation comments that you were talking about, if you want your people to stick around, you got to make them feel appreciated. Um, I love, uh, we, we talked about this in a couple of, of my newsletters, uh, the idea um, about being respected, about being recognized, being appreciated, and being known. So I tell the story that a friend of mine, had never met the CEO of this large company he worked for. And one day the CEO showed up and approached him and talked to him by name. You know, he, he said, for example, Donna, I, I've never met you. I just wanted to thank you and used his name. He went home. He called me that night say, you know, I know you tell all these stories. Let me tell you what happened today. He was so excited to go back to work wow. the next day to a company that's huge to have just a CEO come by for one minute and acknowledge him. And yeah. I think that's pretty powerful. Where can we acknowledge all of our people? It is. And, and what you just said, like being known, that is, if, if I could say like one thing, actually I have probably two or three, but one of them is if every person in a leadership position, the company would just make it a point to get to know their employees better um, that is a huge step in in closing the back door, right? So like mm -hmm. keeping people and keeping them loyal. And and I think a lot of times what happens is we when we think about appreciating employees is we think about programs, you know, or pizza. Like I've had people say to me, if they throw us one more pizza party, I'm going to scream. Like it, you know, <laughs> it's not like it's not about the pizza. Um, it's about moments like the one you just described. It's like, know me, notice me, um, uh, see something in me that I don't see in myself and help yep. me grow. Like those are the things that really make people. That's feel what good. creates destination employment. And we got to give credit to Brian Keeley, the CEO of Baptist Health South Medical Center that, uh, he, he talked about being a destination employer and uh, getting people to come and never want to go anywhere else. Hey, we have time for one more question and you know what's coming. What's that one last idea, that one nugget of information, that one thing that you want to share with us before we end our interview today? Yeah, thank you. So I just said, get to know your people better, right? The other, the other point that I would love to drive home is to really start listening, like now, like beyond your annual survey, um, whether it's one-on-ones, focus groups, listening sessions, whatever it is, really start listening without defensiveness. Um, you know, open your ears, open your heart, open your mind and listen to what your employees are saying and then co-collaborate with them to create a culture that's going to work in the workplace of the future. Love it. Love it. Love it. The book again, it's called Employees First, available at Amazon.com and perhaps a retailer near you. My guest, Donna Cutting, a second time offender of this show. It's great to have you back. And I know we're going to have a three-peat sometime in the future. Thank you so I'll much. Be for <laughs> All right, I'll thank be you back. I'll be back. I'll be back. Can't wait for that to happen. 
Well, everybody, that wraps it up. Another episode of Amazing Business Radio, and we will have another great interview next week. So until that time, this is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.